Welcome into the Trevor Stop Show, episode number 57. Today, we have the recent Champions Cup winner, Isaac Robinson, joining the show today. We're going to talk all about that awesome win, his first major of his career. So let's hop right into it. Okay, we welcome on our guest for the show today. Today, we have a major champion. We've got the 2023 Champions Cup winner, Isaac Robinson. Thanks so much for joining the show, Isaac. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, so we had you on, I think, I guess it was last year, technically now, after winning Idlewild. Back now, Champions Cup winner. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to know, you know, obviously things have changed a lot now that you've won a major this season, but leading up to that point, how are you kind of feeling about your season? Cause I know you started off a little bit cold, started heating up a little bit moving into this weekend, but what were your feelings about the season moving into this event? Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned, I, I mean, I had a terrible start at Vegas missing the cut, uh, and then missing cash at, I believe it was Austin and then placing, you know, mid twenties to high forties, um, in the other two events, other couple events. Um, so not, not the great start I wanted. Um, you know, I was looking to do a little better than that, but before champions cup, I had two top 10 finishes, um, yeah. blue Ridge and music city. So I kind of had my confidence. Uh, I kind of felt like my game was back. Mm. Um, and so kind of, you know, turned into like a season, um, like a high point in my season going into champions cup. Um, I think that yeah. was a good, um, kind of starting point for the week there. Yeah, certainly a good time to to find your game a little bit heading into the major. What is it like? What was probably the biggest part of your game that you had to find? Was it throw timing, putting, or a little bit of everything? I think it was a bit of everything. Um, I was a little offline, um, just out of position on a lot of shots uh, earlier in the season. And then also my putting um, was, was really bad, which was kind of a new thing for me. Um, yeah. So I hit the practice green. Uh, a good bit between, you know, Austin and uh, Champions Cup. Um, and I feel like it's getting back to where I want it to be. Um, nice. Yeah. So circle one's feeling good. And I, I need to get that circle two back down because I think that's what's lacking right now. Mm, okay. Yeah. So certainly. It's definitely a big part of your game when it is on. Um, so as you're entering the week, is, is Champions Cup, is that kind of an event that you really had circled on your calendar? Was this one that you were anticipating a lot, you know, knowing that it is a wooded course and a major? Um, is that something that you were really looking forward to as you were entering the week? It was definitely kind of, um, it was a point I was looking forward to, not necessarily because it was uh, the major, but it was just being back home, um, getting to see mm -hmm. my family a couple days before, um, being on a course that I know very well. Um, kind of just being back in, in my home state was something I was looking forward to, um, as well as playing in, you know, one of my top three favorite courses in the world. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Being from Georgia, what kind of like, what is your history with WR? Have you played it like hundreds of times? <laughs> um, we would make it down. We live about two hours North, so we'd make okay. it down probably once or twice a year, depending on, you know, what we were doing. Um, so I've been playing the IDGC courses since I was about 12. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, so so definitely some history there. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, the course has changed a little bit. You know, they took out the Turkey Gulch, you know, mm -hmm. years back and whatnot. But but there's still a lot of things about that course that are the same. And certainly, I think the essence of that course has remained the same throughout the for years. Sure. For sure. Um, so you get it, you get there for the week. How did you, how were you practicing? Were you practicing that week in a well that made, or in a way that made you think I'm going to win this week? Or, cause I remember last time I asked you, you practiced awful at Idlewild and yes. then you ended up winning that event. So how was practice this time around? Um, it was pretty good. It was kind of just, you know, middle of the ground. I think I was shooting, um, I think my best round was eight under in practice. And then my okay. worst one was like one or two down. Um, so it was, you know, pretty average, nothing too special. Um, but yeah. I was just focused on on finding the landing zones and kind of 
studying the course and the hills and the different terrain and stuff. And so I think that that helped a good bit going into the tournament. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like landing zones are such a huge part about that course. You know, a lot of the par fours, the fairways are never super wide. You're playing on a lot of pine straw. The disc play like slides a lot. You get interesting ground play. Um, you know, in what ways do you feel that WR Jackson suits your game? Like, are, are there certain ways that it doesn't suit your game or, or a, a lot of ways that it does? You know, what are the different things that mesh there? Yeah, I think it's, you know, if you were to pick a course, it would be one of the, the best courses for my type of game and my style of golf. Um, it's not too far. It's not too long distance wise. Yeah. Um, so I can throw fairways and mids um, pretty much the whole time, um, which is my comfort, you know, comfort throw. And uh, just, you know, the woods, I grew up playing in the woods. And so you kind of put those two together and it's just uh, a recipe for, you know, a good round for me. Yeah. And I, I wonder, you know, a lot of times woods golf, people interpret, you know, a lot of the the great woods players, people interpret, you know, oh, well, they're, the courses a lot of times aren't as long. So that's maybe why. And I know you mentioned distance being one of the things that it, it suits you because you can throw putters and mids. But I don't know about you, but... For me, one of the differences with wooded golf and open golf is wooded golf gives you very specific directions on where to throw and what and visual aim points. Is that something you like from the woods as well? Absolutely. Yeah. You kind of see the shape of the hole uh, to yeah. some extent. Um, you know, bringing up Jonesboro, practicing this week, I was kind of struggling to see like where the landing zones were because it's, it's more open and there's not as well-defined shot shapes or landing zones. So... Yeah, playing in the woods definitely gives those, which is which yeah. Is nice. Yeah, I think that's something about the woods that actually does make it a little easier, even mm -hmm. uh, even though the trees are there, you can use them as, as aim points and whatnot. Um, so entering this tournament, you know, being a major, you know, you've been on the tour for a little bit now. Does does entering a major tournament do you feel a heightened pressure there? Is there a little bit more in the atmosphere? A little bit, yeah. You know, it's Champions Cup is a new major, so it doesn't quite have yeah. that. Um, like prestigious feel, even though everything about the event this weekend was, you know, top notch, high level um, with everything. Um, and being able to play on the feature card uh, first round, I think had a lot to do with just playing well and getting off to a good start because immediately all eyes are on you. Um, so there's that pressure and that um, kind of the expectation. Yeah. And, and you mentioned um, like having that pressure. And I know when I talked to Gannon, he actually mentioned and a lot of this, this is kind of how it is for a lot of great players, but he mentioned that he's actually able to focus a lot more under pressure and he enjoys the pressure. Do you enjoy pressure? Like, do you like having that pressure? Does it heighten your game or is it something that is part of the game, but you kind of just have to deal with? Yeah, I, I really like having the pressure. Um, I don't know if Gannon went into detail, but it was, it feels like once you have people watching you, you can't really, um, you know, get upset about a shot like maybe you would if there wasn't people watching you. Um, so it's easier to kind of brush things off and kind of stay focused on the next shot and the next hole. Um, and that's just one of the reasons why I like the pressure. But yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I like that. I guess that's true. Like it's it's a little harder to get off of your task when you have everything kind of centered around you a little bit more. It's That, that is a good exactly. point. Yeah. Um, so you started the the tournament hot uh, with an 11 under round and 100% C1X putting. Um, how important is it for your game to have a really quick start and find your rhythm early in the tournament to get things going? I think that's one of my biggest struggles this year. And I think that's why my finishes early in the year weren't as great. 
Um, I really struggled, uh, you know, shooting even par or a couple over, you know, just rounds that were not good. So I always found myself like digging my way back up. Um, and yeah. I think to get off to uh, a good start is just, it's very crucial for me um, to have a good tournament. And, you know, I might not win the tournament, but it's going to, you know, kind of guarantee a good finish. Um, you know, so I, I think it's a very important aspect uh, to get off to a good start for me. Yeah, certainly helps morale knowing that, okay, because of my start, worst comes to worst, I'm still going to be in the fight for a top 10 or a top 15. Exactly. Um, yeah, so um, obviously you had your putting going pretty quickly. You were able to find that putting stroke. What was the other shot that you felt like you were leaning on a ton that was working? I have one that comes to mind, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, um, I really got like my hyzer flips. Um, it felt like they were really clicking this week. Yeah, um, there were a lot of shots off the tee, or or even second shots on par fours, um, where I was hitting you know my neutral fairway drivers, my F three and my FX four, on a slight you know slight angle of hyzer, and they would um, just flip up and, and ride straight. And I think that was really what was working and helped me kind of score those low numbers. Yeah, I was gonna say the one shot I saw you throw pretty well, and that I thought was is a very important shot at that course is turnovers that get to flat and pan and get down like at a mm -hmm. good angle i felt like that was one you had working too and, and that is like mm -hmm. super necessary at that course and not necessary at, at a lot of courses like it's not mm -hmm. the turnover shot i feel like you don't see in open courses nearly as much as you do in the woods yeah not um easy. yeah yeah it's not as common um you mentioned you're relying on the fx4 and the f3 a lot because you know this course so well and because you can go to your fairways and mids was this a type of event where you felt like you're reaching for basically the same four or five discs all the whole tournament, or did you have to go a little deeper into your bag? No, it was, um, we play, yeah, same four to four to eight discs. Probably. Um, yeah. it's funny that you bring that up cause we, me and my brother played a uh, practice round with Brody and Ezra, um, which was a blast. And we, yeah. we brought six discs. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we just carried our discs and you know, there wasn't really a, a disc I was missing. Um, during that round either so yeah kind of the same discs um throughout the entire tournament yeah i think that's a, and that's a course too where like you can get you can get around really well with a neutral flying disc just to change the angle up too it doesn't demand a lot of very specific shots it, you exactly. know so you can you can kind of shot shape out there um so obviously putting was a huge part of your success and you mentioned kind of finding that putt recently still working on the c2 putts mm -hmm. in your game you know, with your putt, I feel like you have a somewhat unique putt, a very spinny putt. A lot of people talk about it. It's kind of polarizing. Um, what do you find is like the difference between like, okay, my putt is on or my putt is off. What are you noticing between those two things and like that you're kind of trying to work on to get it back? Yeah, I think um, part of it was um, one part of it was mental. Um, sure. I said to a putt, it's, it's you know, 90% mental. Um, I just didn't have that confidence early in the year. Um, you know, I wasn't confident in the comebackers, which left, left me, you know, kind of tentative on the, on the longer putt. Um, and then, you know, part of it was just the, the timing, um, and the release point, um, which was probably the easiest thing to fix, you know, just hit the, hit the practice basket a little more than usual and, you know, get that locked in. But since mine is a, is a spin putt and I rely a lot on my wrist, um, if, if it's off a little bit, it's going to, you know, it's going to kind of be off for, uh, for, you know for that round essentially. Um, yeah. So yeah and just kind of dialing that in. Right. And you definitely like, I feel like your putt, 
you know, but from the time you step up to the time you throw your putt is pretty quick. What are, what do you go through in your putting routine? Is there like, are you visualizing things? Are you keying off anything or is it kind of, is your putting routine kind of the, okay, get up there. Don't think about it too much and throw your putt. Yeah. And I'm, you know, my routine is pretty quick, but I'm also thinking about the putt, uh, while I'm watching other people putt. Mm, Um, so I'll, you know, I'll kind of analyze my lie, analyze the wind, um, look at how, you know, maybe how their putt went. Um, and I'll base mine off of that. So before I step up, I'm kind of going through these, um, different routines in my mind. Um, Mm. then I'll have, uh, you know, I, I don't have a lot to think about once I step up and I'm just aiming at the basket, um, and trying to get it there. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I think a lot of people probably wait to step over their putt to do that stuff. And I think the longer you're standing over the putt, for most people, the lower your chances are of making said putt. So I think that makes sense to kind of analyze things and go in with an attack plan. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So you were in the lead for almost the entire event. You went wire to wire from round one to four. Uh I want to know what kind of mental toll does that take on you during the round, but then what kind of mental toll does that take like at nighttime when you're sitting, you know, waiting for the next round to start? Yeah, I think during the round was probably the easier one of those two. Um, yeah. Once I stepped on the tee pad, it was, you know, I was very confident in my shots, very confident on hitting the gaps in the fairways. So there wasn't really a whole lot of pressure. Um, fourth round is a whole different story, but uh, sure. the first three were fine. Um, but those nights, yeah, those nights were rough. Um, yeah. I took, you know, one of those nights I took some, some melatonin to help me sleep. And, and even <laughs> yeah. then it was, it was not great sleep. Um, and then certainly the, uh, after the third round that night was probably the worst night ever. Uh, it was oh, just yeah. up all night. My stomach was just in knots and, you know, just oh, thinking goodness. about what the next day held. And yeah, it was, it was a rough one. But. Yeah, well, and and because like I feel like you know you're so just ready to get the next round going, like can almost like continue the hot streak that you're on. Because mm-hmm. it's part of the thinking, like, are you stepping up to that first tee the next day, being like, well, I hope it's still here. Like, I hope I hope I'm still still <laughs> yeah. game still working. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's probably the hardest part when, especially when you have such a hot streak going, and it's like, and you have to do that to win on the tour these days. Like, you can't. Yeah. You can't slow down, so like you're just kind of stepping up. Like, well, let's hope today is just like the other ones. Um, well, yeah, and and the thought going through my mind was, you know, after the first round, I was like, oh, this is you know, this is pretty cool. And then the second round, I was like, all right, this is great. But then the thought of like having to do that two more days felt right. just it felt impossible. Um, yeah. And so then, you know, after the third day, I think I shot, I think I shot twelve on the third day. Um, it was like, holy cow! Like, you know, I'm coming down to the last day, and it was just like this sense of relief, you know, just one more day, one more round and it can be over. <laughs> right. So you're, you, as you're getting into that last round, um, obviously the WR Jackson, I feel like is for the most part, kind of a one route course, you know, you kind of put on the gas and you go for it. Was there any strategy change at all going into the final day? Um, not on the front nine. Um, the front okay. nine I tried to play exactly the same. Um, you know, there's not a lot you can do differently in my opinion. Yeah, because um, you, you want to yeah. try to score on the front nine. Mm-hmm. Um, once it came to the back nine, it was definitely um, starting on hole uh, 14. Um, I, I disked down to a mid um, instead of a fairway that I had been throwing. So just trying to keep it in the middle, keep it in the fairway, and then I went you know fif- mid on 15, which I hadn't been doing. Um, and then you know 17, there's not really a way to play safe. So yeah. I had to go for you know that was kind of the pressure shots there, and then you know 18 just the same shot and at that point I, I felt like I had it pretty pretty well under control so yeah and um 
part of the strategy, I feel like, going into Sunday, Sunday attire. Have you ever put any thought into what color you wear on championship Sundays? I know a lot of people do, and you went with, you went with the green, and it worked mm-hmm. out. Was there any thought behind that? Well, it's funny because I, I, I had on black, and I, I ran into Gannon, and he was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, you got to wear bright colors for, for championship Sunday. So, you know, I was like, all right, well, maybe maybe he's going to get the point. So then I went and changed into green. Um, and I think, you know, I mean- <laughs> It, it, it worked, worked out. out now. I mean, at this point, does green have to be like the Sunday color? I think it might have to. Yeah. From now yeah. on, I think that's going to be my thing. I think more players have to adapt to that because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Now I will say, cause I will say if you go all black on Sunday and win, that's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. But if you lose, it looks like your own funeral. So exactly. it's, <laughs> it's, it's a very much a double edged sword. there going on black shout out to yes. Gannon. He picked the winning, <laughs> yep. the winning apparel. Oh, yeah. Um, so a lot of, a big thing with, pros who have the lead like always the talking point even on coverage is are they looking at the live scoring my mm-hmm. question is when did you start looking at the live scoring and did you have a preset like time going into the round like on hole one are you thinking okay i'm not checking the scores until this hole yeah so usually my um the way i go about rounds i just check live scores all throughout it that way i'm not okay. like shocked or nervous when i do check yeah um so just kind of get myself used to it right off the bat um but this one, you know, being in the lead, I think I checked, I didn't check them until hole five or six. Okay. Um, I, you know, at that point, uh, Silas Schultz was, was killing it and five yeah. down through six. And I was like, oh, well, surely that'll, you know, stop a little bit. And then every <laughs> hole I checked, it was just like, it kept getting better and better and better. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so then yeah. feeling that pressure kind of uh, from hole six to about hole 13, I was like, that was probably the worst part of the round. Um, yeah, hole six through 13, just that stretch there when I got so many pars, uh, right. and just couldn't get a birdie to save my life. <laughs> it just felt, it felt miserable. Um, yeah. And I was just all say, the time watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering, like, I, I was wondering, like, uh, you know, Silas obviously got red hot and got mm-hmm. it down to, I think two strokes think so. at one point yeah. you had two holes, you know, he was two holes ahead, but two mm-hmm. strokes. Like, was that a, that was a real threat to you? Like seeing his score rise up there, were you really thinking like, oh my goodness, I could lose this thing? Yes. Um, if you ask my dad, that's all I was talking about. Um, <laughs> it was just, I'm going to be the guy to not only blow a seven stroke lead, but a 10 stroke lead um, to Silas. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. So, you know, he had an incredible round uh, and that was crazy to watch. Um, but yeah. And then once I got the birdie on 12, it kind of, it kind of got me back into a rhythm um, right. I was like, okay, I can get a birdie now and then kind of smooth sailing from there for the most part. Yeah. I was, so, you know, he eventually faltered a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of lost the streak. Uh, you, you know, two bogeys in a row there down the stretch. It would have been, had it been a pretty crazy, I mean, I think he would have needed to shoot what 17 to beat you Something as, like that. as it yeah. ended up. Um, mm-hmm. at what point, you know, obviously disc golf and especially wr because like 17 is so difficult mm-hmm. at what point had it sunk in like okay i'm gonna be a major champion was it not till you tapped out or was it like whole 15 you're like yeah i'm gonna win yeah i think the whole round was just like trying to suppress the emotions and the excitement and just not even think about um yeah. the gallery or the lap hole or like what to do i was just and it's so hard to do that um <clears throat> But the putt on 16, uh, when I made that, I think it was like edge of circle putt for birdie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of when I was like, all right, you know, barring triple bogeys on the last two, right. I should be good. Um, 
and he's yeah. still even 17 18 are not easy to finish on so oh yeah i was still I was still focused but i definitely felt a little bit better yeah well it's so tough on 17 and 18 like on the tee shot, you really can't back off, especially on 17. You have to like, Not at all. <laughs> you're just thinking like, okay, like 17, I got to throw this full power shot through this gap yeah. that is about four feet wide. And if I kick immediately left, I might take a triple. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. There's no, I told my dad, I was like, there's no point in throwing a mid. There's no point in laying up because the same thing could happen regardless. Yeah. So. I, I feel like when I see it have a gap that small, especially under pressure, I almost want to throw the hardest shot because it mm -hmm. takes a little bit of the thought process of just hitting the gap out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like because 17, I mean that, that gap is just, is ridiculous. <laughs> it's pretty small. Um, so now, you know, obviously you're kind of, you know, always hanging out with the Alden Harris group, the vlog squad of mm -hmm. disc golf. And now you have the best win of them for the, for the year. You've got the biggest win. Yeah. How amazing are those bragging rights? Do you feel like you have elevated status among them now? <clears throat> You know, not not a whole lot. I think Gannon still feels like the king around the group. Okay. Um, well, he but, lost his world number one, so I mean, yeah. So I mean, he you know he's not number one in the world, which is good. That's good for us. Um, but no, he's he still has two silver series on me, um, and I told yeah. him I just you know I need to catch up with that. And uh, I feel like if I get one more elite series, I think that should count as two silver series um, easily, if not I, if not more. You know, I I feel like it should. So. I'm chasing yeah. that one more elite series, and then I think me and Gannon will be tied, and then and then we'll have that conversation about who's who's okay. better than who. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely could flip the script. That's for sure. Um, so now that you're an accomplished winner on tour, uh, now with both of these wins being at wooded courses, a stigma and a narrative can form pretty quickly. Um, no thanks to people like me and Hunter who do things <laughs> on podcasts uh, that you're a woods player and are just kind of known as a guy who's going to win in the woods. Uh, what do you think of that statement overall? And do you feel like you can win on more open courses? Yeah, I think, you know, my specialty is obviously the woods um, and being super accurate. But also, I think the ability to be accurate translates well into open um, open courses um, out at Portland, for instance, you know, the first course we played was shorter and, you know, some trees, but then Glendevere was, was pretty long and, and relatively open for the most part. And I still felt like I, I held my own out there. Um, feeling really confident going into Jonesboro, um, which is pretty much wide open. Yeah. You know, there's a couple trees, but you know, hitting those landing zones and hitting, you know, uh, where you want to be off the tee, I, I think is a kind of is my strength. So it plays well both for, for open and wooded courses. Yeah. I, and it, you know, obviously it's a narrative that, you know, is formed just pretty loosely, obviously just two mm -hmm. wins. A win is a win, obviously at the end of the day as well. Um, okay. So now that you have a, a win on your schedule and not only a win, but a major win, what kind of pressure does that take off you moving forward? You kind of feel like, okay, now sky's the limit. I can just play my game. Yes. Uh, to some extent, you know, it's, <clears throat> It feels great to have that win out of the way. You know, I wasn't after the start of the season. I wasn't sure if I was going to get one. Um, yeah. So you know, it feels great um, not only to win at a major, um, but also just to have a, a win in general. Um, but yeah, my mentality moving forward is just to you know kind of forget about it. Um, you know, learn learn what I've I've done and what I can do, and then just you know attack the rest of the courses as best I can. Um, yeah, I think, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like. Um on this, the modern pro tour, it's so difficult to win that even the best players in the world have to go into the season thinking, man, am I going to win this year? And especially if you have a slower start like you did, it's like, oh my goodness, like, is this even possible anymore? It is exactly. really gotten brutal. Um, the last thing I had to ask you about was I get comments about this a lot. People were tweeting at me constantly 
that say that you and I are lookalikes. Do you, do you get those comments as well? I do actually. My mom tells me, I think she forgets. She tells me, and then she tells me again. And she's like, you know, that guy from foundation. (laughs) I was like, yeah, Trevor. She's like, yeah. She's like, you guys look alike. So yeah, even like watching face to face now, it's like, I could, yeah, I could see that. (laughs) Okay. I wanted, I just wanted to make sure I, I like, I see it. Like it's there. There's a resemblance. Mm -hmm. I feel like when our facial hair is at the same length, Mm -hmm. that's when it's the most prevalent. Definitely. And when we're, yeah. So, okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't completely crazy. (laughs) Because uh, I'm constantly, people are tweeting me like, "How are you tweeting right now? Like you're sp- you're playing a major right now. You're leading a major." And I'm like, "All right, like, okay." That's awesome. <laughs> uh, anyways, well, hey, I look like a major champion now. So there you go. There you go. That's the highest my rating could ever be by extension. <laughs> um, well, that's all I've got for you. Congratulations again, Isaac. Uh, thanks again for joining the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Trevor. Anytime. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope to have you on after you win the next major. So Sweet. I'm uh, gonna try. That, Was that European that'll Open? Be... Yeah. Give yeah. Me my, give me my best. <laughs> that, that'll be the goal. <laughs> All right. Thanks once again to Isaac for joining the show. Really great hearing from him. Uh, super happy for him and winning that major. It's an awesome accomplishment. And he's definitely a player to be continually watching out for as he heats up this season. But other than that, we'll be back next week with another great episode. And I'll see you then. 